So we're in part two of a now probably a six-part series. It was, it was four. It might go six now because I'm just using wisdom in this. And as God speaks to me, I don't want to rush over, rush through, especially this particular psalm. Like, like I said last week, this psalm, some one Baptist preacher called it the pearl of all psalms. Uh, one guy called it the microcosm of God's grace. Uh, this particular psalm, it is located with, within what is called the uh, trilogy of Psalm 22 and Psalm 24 where we see that our past, our present, and our future is covered. Where really these psalms are psalms that are a direct, uh, are in direct correlation to Christ himself. I mean, if you actually just put Christ in this particular psalm, it would be Christ quoting back the psalm to his father. This psalm is, 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 is one that Christ himself could state and restate to his father. And yet it's full of promises for us today, written by a man who himself was a shepherd. Last week I, I said that this, this idea of the Lord being our shepherd, it's, 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 it's a metaphor, it's, it's a great picture of how David is seeing the I am that I am, the self-sustaining, the self-existing, the ever-existing God, the covenant-keeping God that David, in penning this letter, he said, man, the I am that I am is the one who provides and nourishes and protects me. Because the I am, that I am is that protector and provider and nourisher. I have all I need. I don't have a need because he is all that I need. And I posed the question to us on last week. Do we, can can we state with such confidence what David has stated even in verse 1? Because a failure to believe verse 1 really nullifies verses 2 through 6. Because really, verse 2 through 6 is simply going to flesh out what David means in verse 1. So if you don't believe verse 1, you're going to have trouble with believing and accepting and enjoying all that God's going to provide and be in verses 2 through Six. This psalm, this psalm, it, it is a great expression of, day, of, of David's confidence in God. It's not one that is caught up in moods or feelings. It's one that is caught up in faith and seeing the Lord Almighty work on behalf of David. It is David knowing that before he was a shepherd boy and what he would do for the sheep as a shepherd, but now seeing that, hey, I'm, I'm this kind of, this kind of shepherd who would, who would risk my life, who would provide and protect and nourish sheep. If I will do that as a, as a fallible shepherd, what would the Lord do now being my shepherd? He's juxtaposing him and the Lord. 
And it's saying at the end of the day, there is no comparison. At the end of the day, the ultimate ground of faith and knowledge is to believe who God is over and over and over again. If I could speak for David in an Oak Cliff language, he would say that because the Lord is, I'm good. Because he is. In his character. No matter my circumstance, I'm good. That when I, when I look at the character and the person of God, it does not matter what I'm going through in my life. I'm good because he is. And because he is, I'm good. And every once in a while, I've, 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 I've felt that way this week because he is. In my hood tone, I'm saying I'm good, but because I am fallible, because I am fallen, but saved by the grace of Jesus, I am good simply because he Today, we're going to look at one thing, the idea of the Lord, Yahweh, the I am that I am, being shepherd. You fast forward that about 2,000 years and some change, Christ will come back and say, I am the good shepherd. It's pointing us to Jesus. And what verse 2 is going to convey is that because the Lord is the good shepherd, because Christ is the good shepherd, he provides for us. And today we're going to learn how he provides for us one word, rest. Rest. That because the Lord is shepherd and host, and because the Lord is with us, and because the Lord is all I need, is going to provide in verse 2. Rest. So we so look at with me uh, verse 2. Yeah, there's a lot in this. I mean, I just, I never could have thought of that. I would have gotten so much out of one verse. But let's, let's tackle the first part of verse one, uh, of verse two. He says, he lets me, uh, the ESV says he makes me. The King James says he makes me. Here he says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. Don't forget now. He's picturing God as a shepherd. So now he's become the sheep. And it's a metaphor. It's a picture of how we ought to see ourselves and how, how it is a good way for us to see Christ, who says he is the good shepherd. 
And he says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. If you study sheep, sheep are a very different animal. They they are are a a different animal uh, that David likens himself to in, in this text. He says that he, 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 the Lord, he, he lets me lie down in green pastures. What is David conveying? What is David trying to say? Because sheep only lay down in two different scenarios. As a matter of fact, even before I get there, did you not know that sheep would not lay, lay down if there's a threat of death and disease? That if a sheep or sheep would, would sense that there is a, uh, there's a threat of their lives, one guy said that even if there were flies and parasites, the sheep would not lie down in fear of catching a disease. So, so, so because they would be so stressed out over these flies and these parasites, sheep would not lie down. That the, the, and, 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 and not only would they not lie down when there's fear of disease, they wouldn't lie down if there's fear of threat or of death. That if, that, that, that if they didn't feel safe and secure, in, in the pasture, they would not lie down. But also, and this tripped me out, did you not know that sheep would not lie down if there was discord among them? Sheep! Say, if homie over here got a problem with me over here, I can't lie down until the shepherd makes it good. Sheep! Will not lie down if there's discord. I'm talking about not, the night, the not so bright sheep. But if there's if there's a fear of disease, death, and or discord, they wouldn't lie down. But the text says he lets me lie down in green pastures. Also, if you saw a sheep lying down eating green herbage or green grass, that was a great indicator that that sheep was sick. Sheep never eat lying down. If you found a sheep lying down eating green grass because they was known to eat on all fours. So if you found them eating on green grass, the shepherd, being the shepherd who loves and cares, he would come to the sheep, get down on the ground, put the sheep in his lap and find some sweet feed and begin to feed the sheep sweet feed to help the sheep get back to health. And when the sheep would get back to health, the shepherd would raise them up and the sheep 
will begin to eat on his own. Sheep, if found eating while laying down, were sick. So you have sheep who were stressed out, that wouldn't lie down. Sheep who were sick, who wouldn't lie down, who would lie down to get up again, to get to eat again, just to lie back down. But then you have sheep who were satisfied. Sheep who were satisfied, who were full by grazing the grass, by grazing the pasture. Did you know, not, did you know that the sheep have about three different stomachs, kind of like cows? So, so when sheep would eat the grass, they wouldn't really digest it. They would eat it, and they would store it to this stomach, and to that stomach, and to this stomach. And when the shepherd would lead them to a nice, shady place, the sheep would then lie down. What the sheep would do is that they would regurgitate the food like a cow over and over and over. So they would enjoy morning's breakfast at noontime. They would enjoy morning's breakfast at dinner time. And that kept the sheep busy all day long. And so the shepherd, he would make sure that the sheep were not stressed out, that the sheep were not sick, that the sheep could become satisfied, that they then could lie down and rest. Hmm. Sounds kind of familiar or what the shepherd would do to ensure that the sheep could rest. While we see here the shepherd that David is talking about is a man, isn't it good news that we got a shepherd? That when we are stressed out, that we not only have a shepherd that will do whatever it would take for us not to be stressed out. But we have a shepherd who would give us his peace. That, 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 that if you are a sheep of his, he's promised in John 14 to give you his peace. Not as the world give it, but he promised to you to give you his, his, his peace. But not, but, but not only that, the very thing that will cause you to be stressed out, death and disease, Christ would not only come down and to coax a sheep to health, he would go down to the grave, get up again, eradicate the, the thing that caused us sickness, sin, and death. He would also get up, go to the cross, take the thing that caused death, put it upon himself, and give us his righteousness that we would not be sick sheep again. That because of what Christ has done, what he took for us on the cross and what he went down to on the grave, we, are, we can be stressed, free, sick, free sheep, 
satisfied and laying down in green pastures all because of Jesus. We don't have to be stressed out. We don't have to, we don't have to walk around wanting and having a pity party. Christ has died to set us free. He's died to give us his joy and his peace and his love. And because of what he's done, what he has provided for us, we can have peace. We can have rest. Rest. He, 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 he makes us to lie down in green pastures. In John, in John chapter uh, 11, I'm 10, I mentioned that he said that he was the, that he was the, he was the, uh, the good shepherd. And so, that is good news for us this, this evening. Because as we now walk through this particular psalm and we see how David's going to be explaining what the shepherd is doing, we can look to Christ as the one who has done it and who is doing it for us even now. Because of the good shepherd, we do not have to be sick or stressed, but each day there is grace for us to be la- uh, laid down amongst green, green pastures. That Christ wants us feeding off of him, meditating on him. You know, in Psalm 1-2, David said, and I delight in your Lord, in your Lord do I meditate on it day and night. That for sheep who know Christ as the good shepherd, And when we spend time with Christ in the morning as a satisfied sheep, that he he allows us in those moments to taste and see that he is good so that during the day we can regurgitate. Well, he showed us of himself that morning and we can enjoy him at noon, that we can enjoy him at uh, uh, at night, that, that, that we have the ability as we meditate on the goodness of God, seen in Christ, we can be satisfied. And He, 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 not, not ourselves, He, He makes us, He lets us to lie down in these green pastures. It is He that says in Psalm 91 16 that will satisfy us with long life. And will show us his salvation. Man, are you satisfied today? Are you allowing the good shepherd to put you in good pasture? To meditate on him day and night? Are you feasting on his word? Are you praying? Are you praising? Are you enjoying him all the day long as you meditate on his person, as you meditate on his work in word in your life. Christ wants to lie, wants to lie you down in green pastures and give you rest. Number two, he wants to lead you beside quiet waters. Quiet waters. 
it is key that when it comes to Jesus as our shepherd, providing for us rest and how he uh, lies us down in green, green pastures. He wants to lead us beside also still waters. Back in, the, back in these days, these shepherds, they never drove the sheep. They always led the sheep. So the sheep would hear their voice and they would follow the shepherd. Now, this is kind of pinned like in the, uh, in the uh, eastern region. So in this region, there would be man, times of extreme heat and dryness. And because the sheep make up, uh, uh, because the sheep, uh, because sheep are made up of 70% water, the shepherd feared that the sheep would, would, would actually become dehydrated real easily. So it was pivotal, pivotal for the shepherd to always know where there was streams of water. Now, it says he would lead them beside Quiet waters. Now, when you know the sheep had all the sheep were two things. They they were dumb and some say blind. So when a sheep would become dehydrated from a lack of water, because the shepherd hadn't found them water at the time, they would they would stray away. And because they would uh, they had all of this wool on them. When they would get into certain types of water, running waters, the waters would get on their wool and they would become heavy, fall into the water and then drown. And so what the shepherd would do was dig a hole or a pond beside the stream, beside the pond that, that the sheep could come and drink out of peacefully that the shepherd will go through all of this to ensure that the sheep would not become dehydrated or drown. So they would dig a small pond around the streams and he would lead the sheep to the ponds so they would be hydrated and they would find rest for their bodies. Now, when you think about these pastures and when you think about these waters, it's, it connotes two things. These are two examples that provide an extension of the same picture. For green pastures and for waters, when you bring them together, they, 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 they provide a means of rest for the sheep. Now, 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 who do you know that can satisfy both hunger with greenery and then also, also with water? Jesus in John 6, 35 says, he says this, I am the bread of life. And he told them, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry, but no one who, but no one who b- believes in me will never be thirsty again. Let me say it again. I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will never be thirsty again. Coming to Jesus and believing in him are the same thing as water and bread where they meet the necessity, 
the needs of humans and of our spiritual life. As a matter of fact, he says this, they would never thirst again. The, the never it is emphatic. He's saying, man, that, 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 that when we believe on him, he will satisfy us once and for all. That he says, I am what you need in this life. That when you come to me, when you find green green pastures, and when you find waters, I'm going to satisfy your souls. Augustine said this, O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless, searching till we find our rest in thee. O God, thou hast made us for thyself. And our souls are restless, searching until we find our rest in thee. And if the truth be told, we are trying to find rest in everything else and everybody else but him. The same Lord who promises to provide rest is the same Lord who is rest. Jesus comes in Matthew 11, and he makes this pronouncement that, that, that come to me, all ye who are uh, 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 heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and gentle, and you will find rest unto your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The same law who promises to provide rest is the same God who is rest. Can I ask you, who are you trying to find rest in outside of Jesus? If you're trying to find rest in a, in a particular relationship, you won't find it. If you're trying to find rest in, in, in better health, you won't find it. If you're trying to find rest in a better marriage, you won't find it. If you're trying to find rest in a better circumstance of any kind, you won't find it. Rest is found solely and provided by Christ and Christ himself. And if you're not seeking and pursuing him for rest, he won't give you rest. He is the only one that can give you rest in the midst of suffering. Because suffering does not, because it is not the circumstance that grants rest. It's the person that gives rest. And that's Christ. I don't care what you go through in life. He says, come to me. Come to me. I will, listen, I will give you rest to your souls. Not rest in your marriage. Not rest in your account. Not rest at your job. Rest is found from within and produced from within. You can't find rest nowhere else. 
And because he's promised to meet our needs, bread and water and, 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 and things of that nature. And because those needs are met and found in Christ, those physical needs, those external needs, our internal needs and the eternal needs are all found in the person of Christ. And when we go to him to meet our needs, we will then find rest. Rest. God is faithful to grant you rest. But maybe you're asking, well, how, 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 how is God going to provide? How is God going to grant that rest? That's a good question. Let me just quickly uh, 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 mention these three things, and then, I, then I'm going to sit down. When it comes to the idea of needs, number one, know that God has already met our need. What is man's biggest need? What is man's biggest need? Is it a better marriage? Is it a mate? Is it a job? Is it better health? Is it for sin to be dealt with and yet we still sin? What is man's greatest need? It is to be reconciled to God. If you are a son and daughter of God, your greatest need has already been met. You are a son and a daughter with God, and that will never change. What did sin do? Sin simply separated from what we was called to enjoy, God forever, a relationship with him. So sin, so, 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 yes, 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 God dealt with the sin in Christ, but the Bible says that Christ died once and for all, the righteous for the what? unrighteous that he might bring us to God. Your greatest need, if you are a son and daughter of God, has already been met. You've been reconciled to God. Does that make you good? Does that make you happy? And there's nothing you can do to undo that. Your greatest need has already been met. So you can rest in that. If you live 30, 40, 50 years, and, you, and, and we will sin, the greatest need has already been met. That will never be undone because of Jesus. Number two, God wants God, God, God knows our need. Now, we're told in the Bible to make our request known to God. Let me tell you this, that making requests to God is not, the, is not the primary thing in prayer. The primary item or agenda 
and praying is that you need God. That when I'm praying, uh, God already knows what I need. He wants to know how much I depend on him to meet that need. So that's what prayer displays. I need you to meet this need. I know you already know what, what it is, but sometimes I get in the way. I try to do it for you, God. But God, when I come to you praying, I'm saying I need you to help this need be met. There are needs that we have that, 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 we have that needs to be met. And what God is saying, can you depend on me to meet those needs? No, you have to know the, the, the difference between a need and a desire. Because many of us, we come to God with these fleshly desires. Uh, wanting, having these, uh, these motives that are led by our flesh and not by God. But I promise you, if you spend enough time with God on your knees, he'll turn you that, that desire into a need. He'll shape your heart within what you're praying, only what he wants you to pray. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you your heart's desire, but only after you've spent time with him. God, he, he, he knows our needs, and our need after being a son of his, after being reconciled, is also to display, God, I need you. And number three, and hear me on this. God is able to meet our need. If God is able to raise himself from the dead, <laughs> what can God not do? If God could put himself in the grave and say, self, get up, get up. What is it that God cannot do? And now we go around doubting God over and over and over. And God has said, look at the cross. I wasn't there alone. Look at the grave. I was there not alone. Look to heaven. That's where I am. The grave can hold me. I picked myself up from the grave. I'm just that bad. And you doubt me? You, you actually doubt me. Okay, maybe that's not good enough. I'll let, I'll let a man rot in the grave began to stench. And I said, Lazarus, come out. And he came out. Maybe that's not good. I said to a Red Sea, part and depart. I said to a Jordan River, get up and then lift it up. I said to the mute, speak to the deaf, talk to the blind, walk. What can I not do? I raised myself up from the dead to meet your greatest need. What is it that I cannot do for you now? Listen, I'm going to give you water, bread, and shelter. But I'm also going to give you everything you need to fulfill my purpose for you in this life. Whatever you need to fulfill my purpose for your life on this earth, I will give it to you. 
do you believe? Why? If we really believe that, then we can rest. It's vain for you to stay up early and to eat the bread of toil, the Bible says. Why? Because he gives his beloved sleep. He says that because I, the shepherd, am able to lie you, to, 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 to lie you down in green pastures to, to remove the threat of death, disease, and discord. Because I took what made you sick on the cross for you. And because I gave you who I am, I gave you my righteousness. And on top of that, I gave you the same spirit that raised me from the dead to help you not get sick. But if you just ask him to fill you over and over again, he will. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we don't have a need. He lies us down in green pastures. He removes the things that would prevent us from lying down. And he, 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 he leads us to quiet waters. Christ can both satisfy your hunger and thirst. So Father God, right now we thank you. That we, that, that we go around and we, we don't know the difference between a desire and a need. And we ask you for all of these things that are not of you and, and we wonder why we can't get any sleep at night. But you promise in this text to provide for all of our needs. The basic needs that we have, bread and water, is like believing and coming to you. They, they, they will meet our human needs and our spiritual needs. And all of that you've promised to, 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 to meet in Christ. We read on last week that Christ, he has met external needs. External needs, he's met internal needs. He's met eternal needs. That Christ meets them all. Christ, our good shepherd, meets all of our needs. Do we believe that? And Father, while we are waiting, help us to believe that our greatest need has been met. We've been reconciled to you. Nothing can change that. And because we've been reconciled, help us now to depend upon you, God. Father, right now, Omni is in a critical place, personally and as a family. And we need you. We need to rest in you. We need to know that because of Christ, all of our needs have been met. 
I don't know where you are right now in this room. But have you put something or somebody else above God as a need? Have you told God, if you do this plus Jesus, I'll be okay? If you remove that person plus Christ, I'll be okay? He said, no. No. You are okay because I promise to give you all that you need that you might have rest now in Jesus. Are you resting in Jesus? Have you yoked yourself up with the one who is gentle and meek? Who's promised that, hey, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I promise you, it'll be a restful ride. Right now is a good time in this, man, just to repent if you are a son and daughter of his to repent, God, I, 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 I haven't, I haven't received, I haven't accepted the, that rest that, I, that you've given me in Jesus. I'm still doing this and doing, I'm not content. I'm not that sheep that's lying down. I'm standing because God, something is stressing me out. And I don't know what that is, but, and God says, look to me. Come to me, believe in me. And I promise you'll never hunger again. You'll never thirst again. I will satisfy my sheep. Maybe you're on the outside saying, man, I, I, I want that rest. I, I want that rest. And we have a shepherd. who came, who came in flesh, who lived a perfect life, who died a hideous death simply to satisfy the wrath of a loving and just God. He absolved Everything that would cause God to, to, to bring down his wrath on you. And, and in place of you, if you accept what Christ has done for you, he said, what I brought down on Christ is good enough. You would never experience my wrath because Christ has experienced it all for you. And he got up from the grave to ensure your salvation. simply have to believe that he did that for you. Turn by the grace of God and by the spirit of God and believe that now. Right now is a good time for us who are here that, that are his sons and daughters, man, just to come and to Receive the feast on the body and blood of Jesus. When we come down, we should come down at ease. We should come down at, at peace because of what Christ has provided for us.
This is a restful meal. It's for those who believe that Christ came, that, that, that he's doing a work even now, that he will come again. And so we take communion as a remembrance of that. It also is a meal that says your needs are satisfied. Your needs are satisfied. In the same context of John chapter 6, he says that if you drink of this blood and you eat of my flesh, he says you will never thirst again. That's the promise that's in, that's in connection with this communion. So Father God, will you please grant us grace in that to believe that this evening?